Hello, Community Healthcare Center Advocates. This is Jennifer Turner. Welcome to this week's Advocacy in Minutes. This October 20th, 2021, and here's the latest in Advocacy and More in Minutes. First, let me introduce myself. I recently joined NAC as the Manager of Grassroots Advocacy, Communications, and Engagement. I'm excited to join such a dynamic team of passionate advocates. I come to NAC with 18 years of experience in working in the healthcare setting, including extensive work with Spanish-speaking patients and a devotion to health equity. Joining me today is my colleague, Kristen St. John, Deputy Director of Grassroots Advocacy. Determined, persistent, tenacious, committed. These are the words constantly used to describe Community Health Center staff during the most challenging two years many of us have ever faced. Congress is negotiating to determine how they will invest trillions of our tax dollars in boosting our communities. We must continue to advocate for our elected officials to ensure that your voice counts when they decide how to vote on issues impacting our neighbors and community health centers. Let's stand together and invite others to stand with us to ensure all CHCs have the resources needed to fulfill our promise to our communities. If you have stories showing the ways community health centers are offering hope in challenging times, please please forward them to us. Okay, let's get to it. Kristen, tell us what's happening on the Hill. Thanks, Jennifer. On October 18, 2021, the Senate Appropriations Committee released the remaining FY22 appropriation bills, including the Labor, Health and Human Services and Education Bill, ahead of the December 3rd deadline to fund the government. The Labor HHS spending bill included $1.8 billion for health centers, an increase of $110 million from FY21, and $150 million for the National Health Service Corps, an increase of $30 million from FY21. The bill also included over $50 million in direct spending, or otherwise known as earmarks, that will benefit health centers. However, the bill continues to face obstacles as Republicans oppose the discrepancy between non-defense and defense spending increases and the lack of inclusion of the Hyde Amendment, which prevents federal programs from covering abortions. If Congress cannot reach an agreement on the annual appropriations bills, a continuing resolution would have to be passed to keep the government open. Next up, Biden has gotten progressively more involved in negotiations, meeting with House and Senate leadership. Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona, as well as progressive and moderate members of Congress as the October 31st deadline to vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill and partisan reconciliation build back better act approaches. Moderate lawmakers have indicated they support funding fewer programs more generously, while progressives have argued for funding more programs at lower levels and extending those programs in the future. As Congress negotiates the final top line number to a 1.5 trillion to 2.5 trillion range, Democrats are deciding how to cut the legislation. Make sure to head over to hcadvocacy.org and send your members of Congress a personalized message asking them to keep community health centers $10 billion for capital funding and $6.3 billion in primary care workforce funding in the bill. Also, remember to participate in next week's Unity for Community Health Day. Feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions and keep an eye out for emails and social media posts. 
Jennifer? Thank you, Kristen. In the regulatory world, we have an opportunity for action. Join NAC, CPCA, and AAPCHO in signing our health center comment letter in response to the Biden administration's advance notice of proposed rulemaking on the public charge ground for inadmissibility. The letter urges the Biden administration to conduct education and outreach efforts to address the chilling effect not to consider Medicaid in a public charge determination and to include guardrails to prevent a public charge determination from being used as a tool to discriminate. Additionally, the letter discusses the negative impact that the vacated 2019 public charge rule had on health center operations, finances, and patients. The deadline to sign on is Friday, October 22nd at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Kristen? In our Share Your Story section, we have two really great pieces that we wanted to uplift. Terry Riley Health Services recently received a grant from Select Health and St. Luke's that supports their new mobile medical unit. Jesus Blanco, community outreach manager, states, quote, growing up, your parents tell you not to break your arm because you can't afford to pay for it. We are able to service, to take services to folks who otherwise don't believe they can access them. And we do that extremely well and in a culturally competent way. Select Health's team created an excellent video for them to highlight their new, uh, their new outreach services. If you have a chance, head over to your uh, Washington update and there's a link there that, that will take you to these particular stories. Also, Hope Clinic is a community health center providing access to healthcare for all people regardless of their ability to pay. Right now, the center has four locations. On Friday, Cruz will break ground on his fifth location on Belair Boulevard. The new facility will consist of 70,000 square feet and three stories. They anticipate helping thousands of additional people in need at this location. Inside Hope Clinic on Corporate Drive waits a diverse group of people waiting to be seen by medical professionals that speak more than 35 different languages. These are the stories that that give inspiration to keep moving forward. As we've said before, we wanna hear your stories. What are your capital and workforce stories? Please share them with us at grassrootsatnac.org. Thanks, Kristen. And last but certainly not least, the Grassroots Advocacy Team has been honored to receive the current Advocacy Leadership Program cohort's final presentations. We'll be spending a few weeks spotlighting some of these projects and the innovative ways they incorporate advocacy into their CHCs. This week, we are starting with Athena Porter, Administrative Assistant and Advocacy Coordinator of CHCs of Southern Iowa. Athena adds the fun to advocacy fundamentals. She is excited to step into the role of Advocacy Coordinator to lead her organization into a culture of advocacy. With support from leadership and the green light to proceed, she established two goals for her ALP final project, educating staff, board members, and patients on advocacy and also helping CHCs of Southern Iowa to achieve Advocacy Center of Excellence bronze status. As part of attaining bronze status, Athena capitalized on nearly every employee's favorite day, Jeans Day. She has incentivized advocacy activities by encouraging staff to send in selfies participating 
in an advocacy action for the center's social media account in exchange for five Jeans Days coupons for employees to use at their discretion. The simple, unique, and fun incentive has increased advocacy participation tremendously. Thanks, Jennifer, and congratulations, Athena, as well as everybody else in the ALP program. I look forward to seeing more of these stories. But before we leave, some quick reminders. For further support, please email us at grassroots at NAC.org or follow us on Twitter and Facebook using at HC Advocacy. As always, a huge thank you to all of our advocates for your strong advocacy efforts. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and healthy. We'll be back next week.